Welcome to the very first episode of the Touchpoint Podcast, a podcast dedicated to hospital and health system digital marketing and digital patient engagement approaches. We're going to be covering the latest trends in technologies, processes, and approaches. I'm your host, Chris Boyer, and I'm joined by Reed Smith, and together we're going to tackle various topics and ideas that are surfacing in the digital marketing world. And we're going to try to bring them all together in kind of a fun and interesting way. That's right. And we'll probably talk about a variety of things that have absolutely nothing to do with anything. So, but that's just, uh, that's the nature of you, of you and I visiting. So should be fun. Now, a lot of people may know who we are, but some of, some people may be new to this. So Reed, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? Absolutely. So, uh, you can find me, uh, first off, you can find us on Twitter, and you can find me specifically at Reed Smith. I uh, signed up long enough ago that I could get my entire name, so I'm um, pretty excited about that. Uh, you can find me there. You can also find me at the socialhealthinstitute.com, and I spend my days working with hospitals and healthcare systems around the country uh, around their digital marketing strategy and execution. Um, so I'm Chris Boyer. I am a digital strategist. I run my own uh, digital marketing and experience uh, consultancy called At Chris Boyer LLC. I've been working in this space for, I don't know, 10 years now. I've worked at a number of hospital systems. I've worked at uh, agencies around digital marketing and uh, digital experience. And um, happy to be uh, partnered with you, Reed. I think you and I are, to, are aligned on one particular social network together. Um, which is the Mayo Clinic Social Media Advisory Board. Is that what they're calling it now? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Social Media Network. The Social Media Network. We're Social mm-hmm. Media Advisory Board members on the Social Media Network. That's right. Oh. That's right. Yeah, and you can find us there too, and you can check that out if you want to know more about it at uh, socialmedia.mayoclinic.org. In fact, I think it was, what, two years ago that you and I became platinum members. Yes, fellows. Platinum Fellows. Platinum Fellows. Oh, that's right. Uh, but we got our we got our smoking jackets and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we absolutely could, we got kind of run a show whenever we go to the Mayo Clinic campus. Absolutely. Yeah, we're 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 a big deal up there. <laughs> um, well, cool. I, you know, I think this will be a lot of fun, and I think over time it, it will uh, it'll take us a number of different directions with interviews with different industry folks uh, around the country, mm-hmm. both inside and outside of healthcare, um, hospitals, pharma, uh, medical device providers, you know, et cetera. So, should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, this is of value to some folks and. Um, um, maybe let's talk for just a second about the, the format so people have, kind of know what to expect uh, in weeks to come. Besides us, you know, rehashing who we are each week, which hopefully will get shorter and shorter, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we want to make sure that we're, you know, we're touching on, on a topic that is uh, top of mind, uh, maybe stretching a little bit. I know there's still a lot of uh, fundamental pieces that that people are struggling with and dealing with, and, and you and I, you know, visit with with folks about those types of things every day. But but hopefully we're touching on something that that maybe is is pushing the envelope just a little bit, and is is become something that has at least shown value in uh, maybe not healthcare, but maybe other verticals or uh, things like that. So we'll we'll, we'll cover a topic. Uh, and kind of go through that and, and more on that here in just a minute on what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, um, you know, we want to look at, uh, like I mentioned before, visiting with some folks around the country besides just you and I, some people that are uh, uh, on the front lines uh, in organizations, uh, dealing with patients, uh, whatever it may be. And so we'll we'll have a section uh, or a segment called Ask a Pro uh, where we can can visit with some of those folks. And then and then we'll try to wrap it up and, and, and bring it all together uh, in a couple of insights. Cool. Great. Thanks for setting that up. Um, so today's topic, we're going to focus in on one that I think a lot of hospitals are really looking at, particularly um, ones that I work with uh, when we're talking about their, you know, building out their digital strategies or even just their strategies in general, which is this, uh, it's almost become a little trite to say, but customer journey mapping. Reed, do you hear a lot about that too with your people you work with? You know, it varies. I, I don't know. Um, we are starting to hear more and more about journey mapping, especially as you look at some of the organizations that we work with uh, that are involved in some quality initiatives like the Baldridge uh, Award process and some different things like that. So I think it kind of depends, you know, who's in charge, uh, what they're focused on, what the organization's focused on as a whole. Is it, is it, are, are you hearing it quite a bit? I mean, is this something that, that people are, are asking or, or kind of looking at and, and you know, asking you for help with, you know, what does that look like for their organization? I think that as we look at all the things that you mentioned, like what are the tactics, what are the blocking and tackling, even how do we start to measure ROI, ultimately these are sort of the elements that you need to start building this thing called a customer journey map. I'm not sure they're really calling it out for what it is exactly, but I know that that's sort of the direction, the strategy that they're going after. Okay, yeah, so that that's a really good point. Maybe they're not calling it that, but that's realistically what it is. And so maybe let's back up just a little bit and um, – can you talk a little bit about, you know, uh, well, define it for us and sure. then, you know, kind of what, what does that mean to organizations? Sure. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll do a definition that I found in the Harvard Business Review that was from a few years ago. I think it still kind of holds true. Um, and so here, I'll just kind of read it and we'll, well, maybe we can break it apart a little bit. They say a customer journey map is a simple idea. It is a, uh, a way, a diagram in many cases, to illustrate the steps that customers go through in engaging with your company, whether it be you know, a product or the online experience, the retail experience, or any kind of service that you provide or any combination thereof. Uh, it's really focusing in on touch points. And the more touch points you have, the more complicated and necessary the map becomes. So really, as you start to look at the different ways that people can interact with you, um, it, it really becomes important to start to segment and map that out. So, yeah, so to your point, and I know healthcare is more than hospitals, but I get, I get a little, I get some blinders on sometimes just because that's, that's who I deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. And if you look at that definition and you look at, you know, product, online experience, retail experience, or a service or a combination, well, it, it, it is the, it is all of those things. And, you know, I think it said in there, uh, I think you mentioned some point in there about the more touch points, the more complex it becomes. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like, uh, you know, hospitals specifically, uh, healthcare, uh, maybe in a more broader sense, um, maybe one of the more complex because of the amount of services that are offered and those services, even though, you could say, um, you know, a particular service that's offered, like a particular type of, you know, surgical procedure, is still going to vary based on the uh, 
individuals that are involved, the doctor that's involved, the patient that's involved. Like, There's no two experiences that are going to be the same, so it makes it very, very hard uh, in a lot of cases to journey map a lot of this stuff. It's almost, impo- it's almost impossible at times, right, because of all the different touch points. But what, what another way that people are starting to talk about it in hospitals and health systems is patient experience, right? And I've mm-hmm. even heard this referred to as patient experience mapping. I, it's a okay. similar, similar concept, right? It's like really understanding all the different ways that um, your patients, your potential patients, customers, what, however you want to define them, are engaging with your hospital, your health system, and trying to figure out ways that you can optimize those and other mm-hmm. ways where you could uh, maybe, you know, um, uh, make those experiences that much better, much more efficient for them. Do you think that, all right, so that's one way that it manifests itself, right? You know, people are, it's patient experience. And we've talked about patient experience for a long time. And there's organizations out there that, you know, have done that organizational consulting type of a role, whether it be the student group or the Baptist leadership group or advisory board or whoever it may be around some of those types of topics. Um, I don't feel like, however, I've seen a lot of those organizations and I'm, I'm not, I don't mean those three specifically, but I don't see the technology piece of it being part of the equation in a lot of cases. It's, shift change handoffs, hiring and firing Mm -hmm. and how that works, onboarding of new employees, you know, how you enter a patient room, you know, things like that, which believe me, uh, you know, that's, that's a huge part of the equation. I don't see us looking at how easy is it to pay your bill online? Right. Um, How, what about signing up for classes? Um, you know, how best, you know, can someone online connect and find what they need from your organization? Or are we forcing them through the channels of how we quote unquote build our corporate websites that we force them down these paths around these different pieces of information? Well, you know, I think that you're right. The digital people don't really show up in those regards. We're doing, and and on the digital side, right, um, when you're like maybe revamping a website or you're going through and you're really kind of understanding a multi-channel digital approach, you are looking at basically the same thing. But mm-hmm. um, usually they're not talking to each other. But more and more we're starting to see organizations where they're talking about the online patient experience as well, as part of the overall patient experience. So things like paying your bill, things like making sure that you can find the right doctor when you need to, things like accessing your patient portal, those things are becoming yeah. more part of the patient experience but it certainly isn't where that concept of patient experience originated from, right? Right, right. We've kind of backed into it. And I think historically, or even currently, uh, the digital piece or the marketing piece, the communications piece, however you want to frame that, is still, uh, in a lot of cases, disconnected from the patient experience as a whole. What? What, what, what? What is news? All right, so I was reading this article, Reed, um, that I forwarded on to you so you could take a look at it too, um, on this website called mcore.cx. It's a customer experience website. I guess it looks like uh, these are uh, some customer experience uh, consultants. But they put up an article around uh, that was actually titled How Best in Class CX Leaders Get There the customer experience value chain. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good one to talk about. Have you ever heard of the concept, the customer experience value chain, Reed? 
Honestly, no. <laughs> not not in this not in this framework. I think you know to our earlier point, um, you know, when we were kind of kicking off, um, talking about you know how some of these things manifest themselves. I, I think you know different folks refer to you know at times at least a lot of the same thing, like patient experience or what have you. So this is this is interesting the way that they framed this and kind of laid this out. I think it makes a lot of sense. It the article says that uh, this concept of the value chain came from a 1985 book that was written by a guy named Michael E. Porter, where he talked about the customer experience value chain. And they described it as activities that companies uh, undertake to create value by delivering a better customer experience. So it's kind of right in alignment with what we're talking about. And I'm, I was surprised to hear it's been around since 1985. Yeah. <laughs> like, how am I supposed to remember that? <laughs> That's back when I was listening to uh, Wham! Or, you know, I don't know what... Yeah. <laughs> I think I was in like third grade at the time. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, what's what's cool about this, though, is that um, it really kind of breaks apart what this framework is. And it, it starts off, just to you know show that this is really valuable, it shows that there was some research done um, that showed that organizations that are using this framework are seeing some benefits. They say 35.4% greater year-over-year revenue versus 7.7% for all other organizations just by looking at the customer experience value chain. So let's let's kind of break into what this actually is and break it down to something that, you know, hospitals and health systems who may not be so worried about revenue, which everyone is really actually, but, um, but do it in a way where we can kind of break this down, right? So um, the first part of it is they talk about the sort of the four building blocks to build that best-in-class customer experience. The first one is um, knowing your customers. Yes, that's a good idea. Yeah. You should do that. <laughs> uh, and that's hard. Sometimes that's really hard to do. But they, they, you know, I mean, it really getting to understand what that, who the customer is, that unified view of your customer, segmentation. Maybe sometimes you hear about this like personas. Really getting mm-hmm. a, a good understanding of who you're trying to address. So um, that makes a lot of sense, right? You got to know who you're talking to and know your patients or know your potential patients. Tools like CRM and other things can kind of help with that. But I think that that's kind of critical building block. The second one is looking at experience strategies. Now, this is something that happens a lot when you talk about customer experience is like, getting a good understanding of your, your experience and, and, um, and what, what you're trying to accomplish here. What do, what do you tr- what's your overall goal of creating a good experience, be it online, offline, or overall? Um, and that helps you by understanding what that strategy is and what kind of that North Star is. It helps you understand how you're going to execute against it, it's going to help you understand sort of how you're going to be measuring success, which is important, right? And it's also going to help you understand all the different stakeholders at your organization that are part of this. So like in a hospital, right, when you think about a lot of times about online experience, um, when you're working on a website, a lot of that's focused on like marketing. But if you're talking about experience across like the enterprise and online patient experience, that's going to go past marketing. It's going to get into like patient access. It's going to get into foundation. It's going to get into, um, you know, uh, the clinical experience. It's going to get into all those aspects where potentially patients can interact with you online. And so that becomes really important as you're setting your strategy, right? Right. 
No, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, do you see, all right, so, you know, knowing your customers, I, I feel like at least, um, whether it's the organization or the agencies they work with, you know, they may call it something different. You mentioned personas, but but in some degree, there's some sort of, people are asking that question at least more often than not, it seems. I, I think there's still some folks that, that aren't clear you know, who, who their customer is in, in a lot of cases, but, but a lot of folks are kind of building that persona and, and basically because of the need to target, right. Especially yeah. in the digital space. Do you see, however, the, uh, uh, you know, the experience strategies being developed? I mean, are, are people looking at it that way? I think they're starting to, I mean, honestly, when we look at the overall, like sort of an enterprise wide strategy, I think that the organizations, hospitals, health systems that are doing that are very are few and far between right now. But what they're looking at is kind of in, in maybe they're looking at breaking it down from a marketing experience, right? Like what are we doing for potential patients? And they're they're mapping out sort of a larger strategy. Um, but I I think that having that big broad view of this is really challenging to do because you have to bring in people from all over the organization that sometimes are not. Uh, speaking the same language, right? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the people in charge of the patient portal, they're not really, you know, they, they don't spend a lot of time thinking about how is this experience and is this, is this meaningful and useful to people? Um, and they, you know, certainly they don't really care a lot about potential patients. They're talking about existing patients. Sure. So, you know, that's, that, a point. that's, a, that's, that's sometimes a little challenging to do, but some organizations are kind of working on that. Um, the next building block, they say, after you kind of like understand that sort of that bigger picture of what your experience strategy would be, um, is to really start to bring those strategies to life. And what that means is looking at ways where you can kind of define and guide these personas through journeys. I see this happening a lot with websites, right? When you're redesigning a website, you're kind of mapping your patient journey through the website, they're going to hit your homepage and they're going to find your find a doctor and then they're going to search. And you kind of map that out because what you're trying to do is optimize that path, right? But um, where, but what, what, when you look at the overall, like kind of a customer experience value chain, you want to think about this from almost cradle to grave, right? Not only how you bring new people in, but what if they're an existing patient and they're now they're looking for a new um, specialist? How, what's that going to look like? Are they going to start their search with a patient portal? Are they going to start looking here? You know, how are they going to be interacting? Um, start uh, many organizations right now see it find it to be really easy to make sort of these episodic user flows right for particular kind of tasks or initiatives um, what they're saying here though to provide that ultimate customer experience value chain is to really bring those strategies to life across multiple different parts of that customer in that customer cycle and then of course you know the last fourth building block um, is monitoring success is measuring it optimizing it, making sure that you have the data that shows that it's working or it's not working, and then retooling if you need to. This is really, you hear a lot about organizations getting into the big data, uh, business intelligence, CRM plays a big role in this area. Um, so how do you measure the success and determine where what's working really well and what's not working well? And maybe there might be some things that, you know, if you start to measure it, that you're like, we have to optimize uh, a little differently. Um, you know, the article then kind of goes on to talk about, you know, some supporting activities. 
I think, you know, to some degree, you know, these are the things that, you know, maybe a little bit more tactical, a little bit more granular. I think there's some overlap between kind of what they're talking about these building blocks to be and kind of what they, you know, then show the the underpinnings, if you will, uh, of the value chain to, to include. You know, the first one is also four of these. The first one they talk about is customer data. Uh, that's an interesting one. You know, as we start seeing more and more organizations, uh, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had in the last, oh, I don't know, a couple of weeks or even since the holidays, maybe on, uh, and just as a side note, it's, oh, uh, and we're, we're in the middle of going to Epic. We're in the middle of going to Cerner. We're in the middle of, you know, it's, it's you know, some new EMR integration piece. And, and the question is always, you know, what, what should we as marketing community, what does that mean? To marketing communications. And so, you know, we always talk a lot about, you know, patient data and how best to put the right message or provide the best resource to the right person at the right time. And, you know, I don't know that we've still got a real good handle on that, on how to, how to pull some of those things together. But, you know, what they're talking about around, you know, customer data, you know, is the integration, um, you know, the management where you're connecting all these audiences and systems and informations across these different channels. The problem, obviously, in healthcare is a lot of these things don't talk to each other very well. Um, and so I think we know on paper what we should do. I think it's harder to then go out and execute some of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, building that data model, a unified data model, um, uh, is very, very important. And saying if a patient appears in your CRM to make sure it's the same, you know, you can map that your patient record to map it across all these multiple different systems, even start to pull mm-hmm. in things like Facebook and, you know, building out mapping their social profiles. That becomes important. Data is huge and hard. That's interoperability, right? Which is a big right. topic. We could do a whole podcast on that. Yeah, absolutely. And so the first one being customer data, the second one they're calling technologies, which uh, to a lot of people are kind of one and the same. You know, I'm seeing the first part as the actual data. So that's when you're talking about data hygiene and where does it come from and what are we pushing in and getting out? And, you know, how do you, how do you, you know, are these things, can they talk to each other and provide you with, you know, some actionable uh, data? You know, the technology piece Again, I think on paper, we know what these things are. So, I mean, you've got things and you've talked a lot about this, uh, you know, the marketing stack or what have you, where you've got content management system, you know, the CRM, marketing automation. You know, there's 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 other kind of spinoff little components of that that gather and collect data. So forms that you have online from campaigns that you've run and, you know, contact us forms through the website that have nothing to do with marketing. It may be people looking to pay their bill or, you know, where to park and, and things like that. But how do you take the technologies that you have uh, and create, you know, a, a, you know, they say omni-channel, but kind of this, you know, combined patient experience where all of these work together as one. Um, it That's tough. That's, that's really, really hard, you know, to provide that kind of end-to-end experience um, across all the different segments and journeys and things like that that you end up kind of mapping. Um, you know, the third piece, uh, processes, you know, talking about, you know, how, how do you actually do this? Uh, they mentioned agile business and, and customer experience processes. You know, these are ways that you connect your audience, um, you know, or you know, the patients, if you will, in this case, to the systems and, and information across all these different channels. Um, and then finally, I, you know, the fourth piece, which, you know, might 
be the hardest, um, probably not might be the hardest. It, it is the hardest is, is, uh, they've got both words here, but you know, culture, uh, which is, you know, you know, how, how are you hiring? What are you looking for? What's important to your organization? How, how strong is that mission and vision? Because I think, um, and then relative to data and technology and, and, you know, in this case, patient experience, what does that mean? We've talked about that a long time. We mentioned the student group earlier and Baptist leadership group and different folks like that, you know, but how are you going to empower the folks within the organization to use the technologies where it doesn't just reside over here in marketing and communications, but how do we use those things uh, for patient experience and, and provide that, that seamless, that seamless piece, whether somebody's coming to the organization for the first time, uh, they're back, um, you know, wh- whatever it may be. When we start to go down this path of developing this customer experience value chain, really what we're talking about is we, we, we need to retool an entire organization, I would even argue an entire industry that isn't traditionally um, used to putting the patient first. I think that becomes sort of the critical cornerstone of what we're trying to accomplish here. Making sure that everything that we're doing is optimized for the overall experience. So anyway, um, I think it's a great article. We'll link to it just so people can take a look and kind of dive in. I mean, it's very high level, but you know, it stresses some of the things that we're talking about when we, when we think about customer journey mapping. Anything else you want to say? No, I think it's just, uh, I think the first step, uh, obviously is to just, um, you know, take a minute, like literally pull out a sheet of paper and, and start thinking about, you know, who's coming in contact with the organization, you know, in broad brushstrokes so patients, physicians, um, you know, their care teams, uh, family members, volunteers, staff, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And start just kind of thinking about how do they interact with the organization, you know, both, both in real life, you know, in person when they come to the actual, you know, brick and mortar, but also online, you know, what does that look like? Uh, I think we get a little bit, um, blinded to, um, you know, what reality looks like, you know, and, and we see this all the time, or I do at least when we get contacted about, you know, Hey, you know, that's, we're getting a lot of messages about people can't figure out where to pay their bill. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's right here. You know, well, we built the website, so it's very apparent to where to pay your bill. I put it there. Like, I know exactly where it is. And so, but that's not reality. And so um, I think just being able to kind of take some of those experiences, you know, work through some of the things that you can um, and look for resources out there. This is a good article, and there's, you know, obviously many others that talk a lot about patient experience. And so just start thinking about how technology makes an impact on that. Touch point, touch counterpoint. There are two sides to every story. Ready, fight! All right, so this segment is called Touch Point, Touch Counterpoint. And um, I, I think what the, this is, I, I guess, a tool that is done. Um, if you've ever been in debate team, I've never have, but where you... I haven't either. I wasn't smart <laughs> enough. <laughs> but um, I, I, I was more of the chess club guy. But um, but where uh, you take two sides of an argument, and we pick one side. We each pick one side, and we try to kind of counter 
argue against this point, um, against whatever this argument is, whether we may believe it or not. I think what it does, it allows us to kind of, you know, understand a little bit better about some of the objections of what this what this topic is, and it also allows us to really kind of understand why we feel it's important or why we don't feel it's important. So, what do you think, Reed? Should we uh, kind of uh, jump into this thing? Do it. Okay, so our topic is customer journey mapping. You'll take the pro of why it's good, why mapping customer journey is important, and I'll take the con. So I'll let you start. Okay. Well, I, th- I mean, I think you you have to have customer journey maps. I think you have to look at this space because you know otherwise uh, it's disingenuous of you know how you're putting your information out there, how you're trying to connect with people if you don't know who they are and where they're coming from. Yeah, but it's futile. Read. I mean, if you think about it, there's millions of patients, and they're all different, and they interact with you. It's it's virtually impossible to measure, and a lot of times we're just estimating what we're doing. It's not real. Estimating is better than doing nothing at all. So I think I think we have to. I think we have to at least, uh, you know, in good faith effort, take an attempt at. Uh, understanding, you know, who our patients are, uh, who, who, who connects with us, uh, on a daily basis and, and try, you know, to provide them, you know, the best resources in the way that they, uh, that they want to have it. So they have a good experience, not just, uh, in person, but online. Yeah. But Reed, I've been in this business for, you know, a decade. Um, I'm, I pretty much know what a uh, you know an orthopedic patient is going through, or a bariatric patient, or a person looking for heart you know heart health. I don't need to know what our individual you know what these individual customer journey touch points are. I already know. I could just pull from this data from before and just kind of repurpose it over and over again. You know, I think there probably is some argument to that until you live in Texas and there's such a such a you know. Uh, there's such a wide array of organization types. Uh, there's such a wide array of geographic um, proximity uh, where we've got, you know, some organizations uh, that are way out in West Texas or critical access facilities or part of systems that are run out of other states. Um, and so I think, you know, that maybe you can generalize some of that information, but if you really want to go to the next step and really want to make it uh, impactful, I think you've got to understand that particular market and the, the needs of those patients. You know, well, I see what you're saying. I mean, ultimately, we're putting a lot of value in you know, or a lot of faith in the fact that customers or patients are making their own decisions. You know, a, a patient sees a doctor, a doctor makes a referral to a specialist. There isn't, this isn't rocket science, man. This is very straightforward. Um, you know, it's, it's a very simple linear path. Yes, it is. No, it's so, I, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I, I still think, um, especially generationally as we continue to see some of this move and you start seeing in some of the more urban markets where you have millennials that are interacting with the healthcare system versus boomers and some of those types of things. And so the things that I've seen work in some of the more rural markets versus the urban markets, I think, you know, lend itself to the fact that, uh, you know, we've still got to understand that particular market, those needs of that market. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the more precise you can be, the more uh, effective and efficient you can be. Uh, yeah, but in the in the in the spirit of efficiency, why don't we just you know create like you know twenty five different personas that match 
the typical user that's on commercial insurance in a rural or urban setting. Um, maybe we, we throw in a couple of, you know, things around diversity for, you know, wh where they come from and, and, and we'll be done with it. I mean, that's all we really need to do. Right. And if we, if we all had huge budgets, we could do that. <laughs> See, and now this is where, this is where actually it's, it becomes very difficult to argue against that point because <laughs> I totally agree with you on that point. It's like, uh, it's like not every health system has that budget, but you know, why don't we all just call together and we just create a big, massive online repository and we'll just allow it for everybody to get access to it, you know? I don't see how we can, you know, continue to do the same thing the same way. Um, you know, we're, 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 people are getting smarter and smarter online. You know, they're tired of the pair of shoes from Amazon following them around on the internet. And so they get what's happening. And so I think we've got to be uh, more strategic and more thoughtful about how we engage folks online and not uh, pretend that we know them. Yes. And I think that what we'll do is we'll leave this touch point, touch counterpoint argument to our users to listen. What do you guys think when you're listening in? Do you think uh, it's, it's important to do customer journey mapping or you think it's a futile exercise? Let us know. We'd love to hear about it. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the very first inaugural episode of the Touchpoint podcast where we were talking about customer journey mapping. I think we uh, went a little bit deep into does the industry know about you know what this is, customer journey mapping, how does patient experience play into this, and why aren't they talking to one another? Uh, we dug into that article, which is pretty good, which we'll link to, and then you and I got a chance to uh, argue against the benefits yeah. of customer journey mapping so it's pretty good you what go. do you think i think it's great well we want to end every podcast with um you know one thing that we kind of recommend one thing that is like you know it doesn't have to be related to this but what's a what's something that you want to recommend reed i'm going to go with uh actually another podcast um so i know you know podcasting has kind of made a resurgence in the last few years i think more and more folks as they um, spend more and more time in the car commuting to and from work and different things like that uh, have picked up podcasting and it's a great way to uh you know gain a little extra knowledge I, i'll tell you one that I, I really enjoyed it's uh by gimlet media and it's a podcast called startup and um as you would imagine it's a uh podcasting that a podcast that follows uh, a particular startup or startups through the course of a season. Um, I'd recommend going back and listening to season one, which is how Gimlet Media started, the producer of the podcast. Anyway, it's really neat. It's really interesting. Anybody that has kind of that entrepreneurial spirit or likes to uh, understand how companies are made or run or raise money and things like that, it's kind of a uh, behind the behind the curtain view. So, uh, startup by Gimlet Media. So. Excellent. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, so my recommendation is going to be um, something absolutely not related to digital, something absolutely not related to healthcare or any kind of interesting thing. It's something I got for Christmas, which is one of these Instax cameras. Polaroid cameras are coming nice. back, my friend. Um, it's really fun. And, you know, in this day and age of like where we do a lot of visual posting through like Snapchat and Instagram and stuff like that. I thought, hey, let's go back to the old school, and surprisingly, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Um, little, they're like little credit card-sized photographs that come out. Although our audience at home probably can't see this, I'm going to take a Polaroid of Reed Smith 
and I podcasting. And we'll post awesome. this. We'll post this on our show notes. So what's next, Reed? What What are you doing next? Uh, next, however, um, along the same topic lines, we'll be talking about some findings that we did from a recent survey of Texas hospitals around marketing and communications on a webinar uh, that will be uh, in March uh, with the uh, Mayo Clinic social media network. So again, socialmedia.mayoclinic.org, uh, you will see some more information on that in the coming weeks. And um, if you're a member of that network, we'd love to have you join the webinar and uh, say hi. All right, awesome. And I guess the next thing for me is I'm going to be speaking at the uh, Forum for Healthcare Strategists uh, Summit that's down in your neck of the woods, Reed. In the ATX. In the ATX in May. Um, and in fact, you know what I'm going to be talking about? Uh, a 360 degree uh, digital experience. Under exactly what we've been talking about today. Sweet. I'm going to be pre uh, presenting with a couple of other hospitals across the country that are uh, either doing this or going down the path of doing this. and. Um, we're going to be uh, d diving deep. So for those of you who can make it, um, we'll put a link in the show notes to the Forum for Healthcare Strategist, Healthcare Marketing and Physician Strategy Summit. Boy, you going to be there, Reed? Awesome. I will. All right. Awesome. Maybe we'll uh, we'll podcast live, uh, actually like physically in the same location that time around. So that'll be, that'll be fun. That'd be pretty amazing. All righty. Well, um, that was our first time out, Reed. How do you think it went? Awesome. Can't wait to do it again. Check out wherever you found this podcast. There'll be a second one. We'll be getting it out there, and hopefully uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Sounds great. All righty, sir. Thank you. Thank you.